I wish you guys nothing but best. The ceiling is the roof. Let's make it happen. Let's keep moving forward. I'm, uh, I'm extremely happy that everyone has joined us to watch the uh, Baby Boy Mower Gasparillo Bowl tonight. <laughs> it's an evening we'll never forget, as I've been sitting here listening to Dick Vitale do play-by-play and just imagining him doing it to the Baby Boy Mower Gasparillo Bowl. <laughs> what an awesome catch, baby! Raining. Yeah, but uh, hello, Mavericks fans. How are we doing tonight? Hey, thanks for coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I know uh, all of Bobby's emergency contacts are here. That's my family. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Just in case something happens, every single <laughs> organ can be donated in a swift manner. But uh, yeah, thanks for showing up. We're excited to be here at Christie's uh, over off McKinney. I'm Mike Marshall, uh, digital director for the Dallas Mavericks. That is the man himself, Freed. I'm free. From Twitter jail. That's right. Oh, Silicon nice. Valley Jake can't keep me down. Kemp. My family's not here because they call driving over here going to town. <laughs> <laughs> Quick show of hands, has anybody else ever been suspended from Twitter? Be honest. Yeah. I bet he has. Yeah. 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 He has spicy basketball takes. Mm-hmm. He's probably tweeted at the Hawks GM and gotten himself into a little bit of trouble. But Travis Schwank name? doesn't want to be reminded. Oh, yeah. wow. He just, I was I about to trivia question the Hawks GM. Uh, yeah, because Can't get another past me. I accidentally said Travis Sawchuck the other day before remembering that's a baseball player. (laughs) Danny Ferry got put in basketball jail. He did. Yeah, man. That's right. And he deserved it. Yes, he did. Those were some pretty uh, reprehensible comments. No, it was a trying time, but we've worked it out. We have. (laughs) Free. He's back. Busted out. He's back in these streets. He's like the Meek Mill of Twitter at this point. (laughs) We're winning for him and only him. And also Um, I'm broke. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Jake. I'm Mike. That's Bobby Carella, hey, who has the wow. biggest fan base yeah. here tonight. That's wow. right. That's right. All six. All six All people six. are here. The sister's here. The mom's here. The dad's here. I didn't meet your mom yet. I met your dad. It was a pleasure to meet the dad. Oh, my mom is Cheryl. Yeah. Hey, Cheryl. I'm Mike. We'll talk later. Uh, skin, Whoa. Jeff Skin Wade. <laughs> wow. Howdy. Wait a minute. Hey. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Skin. 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 Wait a minute. Skin. You can skin. Not skin. 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 You skin. cannot just like skip past that. I'm trying to. We've moved on. <laughs> it's now Jeff's time. If you Nothing just like let Jeff to, talk for once. Nothing like starting to chant whenever chaos breaks out. Yeah. That'll fix yeah. that thing. Thank you guys for uh, inviting me to participate. Yeah, I'm man. Me numbers as well. on the board fan. We need to do hey. this more often. Um, quite honestly, I don't know what we're calling this thing. Maybe ceiling is the roof because that's our guest uh, centric podcast. I think that's a, that's a good name for it. It's a great yeah. idea. That's a good name for it. But uh, so yeah. well, since we have them here, what? Uh, let's start with skin. Skin. If when, whenever you hear the the phrase "the ceiling is the roof," <laughs> we're gonna do this. What does that make you? How does that make you feel? What do you think that means? I think it's evidence that the one of the old time greats can still be a mess. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter what brilliance you've achieved in your life. You're capable of rolling out in front of an auditorium full of people and telling everyone that the ceiling is the roof. Especially after 36. Yeah, man. Holes, ounces, yeah. Yeah. anything. Shots of Hennessy. I'm, I'm sure it meant, meant a lot to him when he said it. <laughs> he, he, he knew exactly what he was saying yeah. when he said it. Hey, the ceiling is the roof, gang. It made sense. And he turned us and was like, did you hear what I, that jewel I just dropped? <laughs> the ceiling is the roof. High-fiving himself like yeah. Luca as he yeah. walks off the floor. He puts his arm around Larry Fedora and he's like, Try and do as yeah. good as that, Larry. <laughs> he put his cigar out on a student and walked off. <laughs> so, if, yeah, if I, if I casually said to you, Jacob, the ceiling is the roof. What, uh, am, what am I trying to say to you? I think what it means is, Larry, I'm about to fire you and hire Matt Brown. <laughs> <laughs> the foresight of Michael Jordan. Yeah. Wow. Like uh, three years in advance. Geez, light years ahead. And also that you can be the greatest athlete of all time. But much like people talk about Jordan Spieth being jealous because he's still kind of losing his hair, even though he's, like, at the top of the game. Right, you got to find something to pick him apart. Yeah, well, my eyes are always going to be a lot less confusing than Michael Jordan's, (laughs) and my jeans are always going to fit better. Yeah. (laughs) That's like, uh, I think, small victories. (laughs) To to side street onto a a Skip Bayless topic, he said he could beat LeBron in an eight-mile run the other day in an article, and I was like. Skip did? You skipped it. And I was like, no, dude, you're crazy. You're a crazy old man. And I started thinking about it, and I'm like, what if he, like, runs eight miles every day and he's really good at it? 
and we convince ourselves that we have this little leverage over these superhumans, right? Right. It's like, uh, you Make know. Make them non-athletic. At least uh, I wear better gonna, jeans than Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's about as far as you I'm know? going to go. What at a least. weird thing to challenge someone to, yes. though. An yeah. eight-mile run. <laughs> no longer. Seven is No like, shorter. Right. Like seven LeBron would swallow him up at eight miles. He gets his win at 7.1. Yeah. That's the worst version of sports media guy is thinking that there's anything athletically you could do better than an athlete. Absolutely. It's, it's just, I, you could have stopped at that Skip is Bayless. The, the third rail you stay away from. So uh, it's Thursday here in Dallas, Texas, which means it's uh, the day for all national writer, writers to uh, put something out about Luca. Nice. Yep. Um, yep. In. Tim McMahon, who I guess is national now. I don't even know. I don't, yeah. think, of, I don't think of him as national. Can I tell you my favorite thing that Tim McMahon does is he will go on the low post and just absolutely crap all over the other guests that Zach has on the low post. <laughs> <laughs> just make fun, make fun of their voices. I'm like, oh, yeah. stats. Yeah. You can tell Zach's like, I don't know if that's totally okay. And Zach like, is, I don't care. Dude, he gets very uncomfortable. <laughs> Tim McMahon. Yeah. That's what I do. Tim, Whatever. Tim so is Tim's down to bully. Yeah, he's oh, I mean, he's totally down to bully, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, he's got some issues from his childhood, and he's trying to work out in a public level, and I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I am 200% here I think for he's a it. nice guy. No, you don't know he, him. He's not, but that's okay. He embraces <laughs> yeah. that. He's I, absolutely not. And I, I'm, I'm not just saying this. Tim is – Tim's. I mean, I worked with Tim at mm. the old station. We yeah. worked together at ESPN. I love Tim. But Tim's not trying to be your friend. No. no. He'll no. straight up tell you that. And he's a lot of fun to hang out with. When I do. see him in the break room, he just kind of grunts. Yeah. I think uh, my continued friendship with him is, like, my biggest accomplishment in life. That we're still friends after like three to four years. Yeah, just don't ask him he, for anything. No. <laughs> Nothing. Don't expect anything. No. Sure. Just give. No, Tim is great. And also, Tim will do the thing where he stands behind everything he says and does. For sure. When that, uh, that DeAndre Jordan story came yeah. out, he went into the locker room. And I, I don't go into the locker room that often before games. I normally don't have time. But I went to go watch this because I knew it would be fun. The second, the next time there is a Mav game, Right after he wrote that, he walked into the locker room, and he went and he stood five feet from DeAndre Jordan's locker, and he just stood there yeah. to, to make himself available if someone on the team or someone in the room wanted to say something to him. No one really had anything to say, and so he went about his business. And so I really respect that. If you're going to be the guy that's willing to say stuff that may or may not be true, but I don't, I don't think he ever makes anything up. I right. think he had a reason to say that, uh, and he's willing to stand behind what he says, and he's very aware of what Rick is saying in the next room or whatever, and so I respect that immensely about it. It's led to some fireworks over the years, though. A couple years ago, JaVale McGee, during, I think, Dirk or Barnes or somebody was talking, and then you just hear kind of a little argument break out behind the scrum. Right. We all turn around, and it's just Tim and JaVale McGee sitting there having a great buddy-buddy conversation, and all of a sudden – I just hear JaVale yell, you're a troll. <laughs> you're just a troll with two thumbs and a phone. <laughs> two thumbs and a phone. Great so line. Man, I'm, like, oh, I'm stealing wow. that. Yeah. Great line. That is mine now. That's in my arsenal. Well, uh, there was also something written on Yahoo from, uh, I'm going to butcher her name, but Sirat Sohi? Yeah. Okay. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I did read that. So that's a uh, – Formerly SB Nation, now Yahoo Sports. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm saying all that to say that there's, a, there's this flashpoint every other week, basically. Well, and don't forget, yesterday I wrote about Luca. Oh, Mike. So – On Mavs.com, go check it out. The thanks, teammate. Yeah. Well, no, he's, <laughs> he's talking about national guys. You're international. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah okay. you got yeah. two thumbs and a phone. Uh, <laughs> yep. You're inner office. Yeah, um, I, am. I am. I am. So uh, I say all that to say that uh, – it seems like every, every week or, or bi-weekly, um, right about now, the national talking heads get infatuated with Luca, and uh, love to put something out that's just in awe of how spectacular he is. And I was on, I was on with uh, Mike Soroy in the ticket yesterday, and I'm like, I think he's a top ten player in the Western Conference. Ooh. I got to think so through that's this. Spicy. And, I, and I said it, and I kind of uh, questioned myself a little bit where you do the inner – the inner brain search of running through names and just listing people. And I was like, no, I'm going to stand by that. I'm going to double you, down. Were you wearing the Real Madrid jersey when you said no, it? Or I wasn't. was it the current 77? Or which, which one were you wearing? I was. And I was wearing my uh, White Men Can't Jump Dennis and Luca combo shirt. Right. Which is available at DallasMavs.shop.com. It's a good equally, equally good shirt to that pretty Real good. Madrid jersey. This is mean, strong, that, that's isn't it? That's rare, too. Not many people have one of those. Would you swing on a man wearing this jersey? 
Yes. No. <laughs> no. Wait, we got to get back to what you just said. Did you did you run the traps on this? And I, I like, or did you just f- shoot from the hip? Uh, shooting from the hip, but it's I, I meant to say top, top ten, ten property asset. Yes, trade top values. ten in the so, Western Conference in terms of value. Right. And this was a uh, rookie contract. And yeah. All those well, hell, I thought I'd rather have him right now than LeBron. You did. You that said is that. a yeah. little too for warm. tonight's game. Or no, just no, no, no. <laughs> like uh, if you if I could. You know, what is LeBron, 33, 34? 34, but he's 38 really showing NBA years. signs of too much signs, uh, signs of uh, slowing, but I, I think I'll stand by that. But ten, top ten player right now, that's I can't get on Just board with Just in the that. West. Well, yeah, well, nah, yesterday. I still can't get on board with yesterday that. Yesterday, Bill Simmons' uh, trade value column came out. It wasn't really a column. It was more like a graphic, yeah. I guess. It was just like a list of pictures. He's, he's pivoting. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're pivoting to – Pictures. The graphics. <laughs> yeah. The but, uh, it's strictly yeah, it, a picture it, website. That thing came out, and uh, Luca was number five in the whole league in terms of trade. All value. of the basketball yeah. that, that players that are account, alive. That takes five. into account skill, control, yeah. average annual value of your contract, mm-hmm. everything. Uh, I would upside, think you know. The majority of those players have got to be guys on their rookie contracts, though, right? No, I mean, not the top. That. Not the top. No. Luca. So number one is Giannis. I don't yeah. want to spoil it for anybody. Number one is Giannis. Number two is AD. <laughs> I was saving I it for later. LeBron and KD are in there. Yeah. And then it's Luca. Luca's ahead of Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, uh, way ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Jokic. Everybody else in this draft class. Yeah. yeah Kawhi. He was ahead of Kawhi, yeah. which I was like, hey, okay. Yeah. Kawhi, one year remaining on his deal. Yeah. All that stuff, but. I mean that that kind of speaks volumes. Yeah, so uh, we I think we get have earned any uh, not earned learned a, an appreciation for our uh, large adult son on a nightly basis, just watching and going, okay, there's two games I can point out that weren't especially impressive. That it was like, okay, he's playing like a rookie right now, but the rest of them, I've never seen a dude at this age have such a positive impact on winning on a night-to-night basis. And especially not in a Mavericks uniform. Uh, and it's just everybody just soak it in a little bit. Because I said this the other day in a, in a meeting. I was like, we have to capture all this. Because this is Luka's rookie season, and it's only going to happen once. Yeah. And whatever you think going forward about the trajectory of his career, you know, the Simmons piece said potential MVP real quick. Like, it was caliber of guys, right? And he said potential MVP. And uh, I guess just... What have you been most impressed by? What's uh, just give me all your Luca feelings, Skin. Well, like, can I can I throw one more thing at you Absolutely. since we're doing all these little uh, where does he fit here, here, and here? So I threw this out a couple. I guess this is about a month ago, mm-hmm. and obviously more basketball has been played. Uh, I said that he was two seasons away, including this season, from being considered one of the three best offensive players in basketball. Jeez, I'm here for wow, that. Okay, I'm here for it. I right? can see that. Like when we're because he's really good now and he's going to get better, and I also think I think the whole thing about his body is a little bit overblown, from the standpoint of everyone is instantly assumed that he's going to take this summer and turn himself into uh, you know weightlifting Rick or something. Yeah, he's going to be Terry Crews. I'm sorry, I don't know that that's going to happen. My experience with people that are his age is you have to show them some things that aren't working before they change their life dramatically. Dirk start, stopped with refined carbs at the age of 27. And we've canonized him as some man that never polluted his body and, yep. you know, was born in a distant planet and there's sent some, here. There's some online videos of him at the loon. Yeah, and so my whole point is is all these people that think that Luca's going to devote himself to being the best athlete of all time this summer, he probably needs to get torched a couple times before he sees the value of that. Because right now, he's a 19-year-old that was the best player in the men's league overseas, and now he shows up and Bill Simmons is way overblowing his value. Yeah. Like at some point a young person has to sort of like stumble a little bit to finally realize, hey, put the pizza down for one second. Yeah, I mean, like if, a, if he wins rookie of the year, you can't, you right. can't tell me nothing. Now, like, and so let me, I'll just say all this to say this. If he ends up this summer devoting his entire summer as a 20-year-old to remaking his body, that most pros don't do until they're 23 or 24, we may have the greatest player of all time on our hands because we are, like, giving him a lot of wisdom. I mean, what maturity is one thing, right? Ah, he's very mature for his age and intelligent stuff. But the wisdom to, like, think ahead now, I would be shocked if he comes back ripped next year. Yeah, no. I would and be he, shocked by that. And the best part is is he broadcasts to us how poor his sleep patterns are. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right. You know, and I right. mean, I remember when we had Dennis on last year, um, and it was pretty late in the year, and he's like, man, I mean, I don't, I don't have a bedtime. I wake no. up when I wake up, and I go to bed when I go to bed. I kind of eat whatever. Right. And he didn't even seem to How think it badass. was weird to be publicly <laughs> saying that. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, dude, you can't. Yeah. That's, uh. <laughs> Leave that out. And he's just like, yeah, man, I mean, I don't. I wake up when I wake up. My body wakes me up. I go to bed at different times every night. And Bob and Dan were like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, dude, he's 20. Yeah. Dennis is he also is. super country, though, and that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but also I think for Luca, it's it's not that it's come easy for him, but it isn't like he's exactly had to, you know, yeah. grind anybody physically for most of his professional career. So I think Skin's totally right. I mean, he's <laughs> next year his uh, advancements will be in you know X's and O's type things, which I don't even know where to go on that. I mean, I think the thing that surprises me the most, nothing about his skill set surprises me. Nothing about his makeup. If you watch those games over there, you could see that he wanted the ball at the end of games. What surprises me is that he's already forced NBA referees to give him calls. Yeah. Because his game is so unorthodox as far as his attack that they kind of have no choice but to call fouls because he's getting dudes on his back. They adjust to him. Yeah, exactly. And I think with Dennis, it's the complete opposite because he has a very traditional version of athleticism, and they're like, uh-uh, we'll make you work for that. With Luca, it's like they are begrudgingly have to send – having to send him to the line 10 times because there's a dude, like, falling over him. And I wasn't sure that he would get to the line this much in his first year. So that's probably the thing that, if anything, has been the most surprising to me. Do you guys think that he did a good job? Very Because the first couple weeks I was like, you got to slow down on the ref stuff, homie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're arguing with – you guys? I don't know if you guys saw this. When Dennis hit that game winner mm. uh, against Minnesota, that was the second game of the year, third game of the year, whatever. Yeah. While that was going on, Luca yeah, was arguing with the ref. Yeah, and I, I you know, I'm not saying this like in a negative way, but I think that's what he expects, what he's been doing overseas, and that's how he gets down. And so now, as you say all that, Jake, because early on he wasn't getting calls, now he is. I'm wondering if all that stuff he did worked, and the 19 year old really knew what he was doing. Look at the, the evidence, time. right? How many free three three yeah, of his last four with 12 plus three of his last five with at least 10. Yeah, and he takes more than one free throw per game, more than every other rookie. Yeah. And, I mean, he's already so it worked. He's already yeah. what top ten percent in free yeah. throw attempts. He yeah. takes almost five a game. He's ninetieth percentile in terms of free throw rate. You know what I realized during the Denver game? This is a little too obtuse, but podcasts are place for obtuse stuff. Yeah, sure. He's a hell of a lot like Jokic. Yeah, no, Jokic. Is, it's, it's, I said that on the air the next day. I was going to bring that up. You guys don't know who this guy is. He's just taller, Luca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy shooting off the wrong foot with the same hand, and yeah. and, and like DeAndre was bitching about it the other day. He's like, "Well, you got to put your hands on him because he uses all mm. this leverage and weird angles." And man, those up fakes are so methodical. Like, if I still played basketball, I think that's what my shot fake would look like. It's so like <laughs> yeah. giraffe. And, Dude, yeah. he's he's shooting under thirty percent from three. Yet people still dive out at him and create passing lanes yeah. on Jokic. Yeah. Because he's in your head. He owns space right up here. And that's what it is. It's, it's funny. For all this, and athleticism is crazy important because of what the game is. But we are sort of going through this renaissance, and maybe LeBron started this, of like it is a – there's so much focus on skill right now. Just so much focus on skill players and them using that over any sort of athletic, athletic limitations – within the context of the NBA. I think we too narrowly define athleticism. Yeah. Because I think the ability to stop and start your body and change tiny little angles like that, that kind of is an athletic trait. We never talk about balance. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. To be able to do something extremely as, as hard as you can but maintain your balance right. is an athletic attribute. Yeah, we that's never the James really Harden yes. thing. Balance and body control, right? right. Like right. you don't you don't look at that. that doesn't that doesn't show up at the NBA Combine. Right. It's not you know it's not in the vertical. It's not in the the you know T drill the cone drill. It just doesn't show up. But you know it whenever you see it. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, me and Bobby sat down. And we watched almost every minute of Real Madrid basketball. Oh, that I was played. watching basically from about February yeah. 10th last year. Yeah. Keeping up with all their all their Euroleague games. That's all we. That's all I was watching over the summer. And I'm like. Dude, I don't know how this translates. I don't know how this works, but there's no one I've seen that has that balance and that control right now. I mean, it's, it's Harden, but Harden is, uh, you know, step back or cut your throat right at the rim. Luka has about five different options. It's, uh, it's this one, this one, this one. If you play me that way, I'm going there. There have been moments where he stalls at the, the elbow for some reason. I don't know if he expects the play to do something else, and that's the stuff I'm like, iron that out. 
and you're the scariest player to defend in the league. Yeah, and that's that's like counter move stuff, which yeah. is what Dirk developed whenever he was 28, mm -hmm. 29, 30. So Luca's first choice is open shot. Second choice is drive. Third third choice is that step back. And I mean, you already have three options, and you're a teenager. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So uh, what are we? 15 and 14 right now. Yes. One game over. Um, I guess thus far in the season. Uh, have you been impressed? Have you been disappointed with the record? I guess I'll start and say I, I predicted them to win 41-42 games, so this is the long route of getting from 2-7 and seven back to where we are now, and this, this road trip might define the entire season, and the next 10 or so games might define the entire season, but I think we needed to see a month where we just kicked people's asses at home and played exceptional basketball. And I feel like I already know what this team is at peak strength. And uh, so I've been, I've been overwhelmed with what they've done on a night-to-night -night basis. How about you, Bob? Yeah, you talked about that win profile thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Where it's basically, who have you beaten? Mm -hmm. And the Mavs have beaten the Warriors, Celtics, Rockets twice. They beat Clippers. Uh, Clippers. They beat the Jazz. Mm -hmm. They might beat the Clippers again tonight. Who knows? They've beaten some really, really, really good teams. And you look at the 15 and 14 record and you say, well, you've beaten those five, six teams, but you lost to Phoenix twice, you lost to Atlanta once. So the losses are going to frustrate you, but the, the, the challenge is if you just look at wins as wins and losses, what happens if you flip the wins against the good teams for the losses against the bad teams? You're probably I, I think, psyched. I you're think, psyched yeah, right now yeah. because, oh, you're, we're one game over 500. We can't even beat good teams yet. Yeah. So it's kind of like a, you know, they're still a young team. And, and a lot of the games they've lost, like that Phoenix game, for example, it's no JJ, no Dennis. Yeah. Uh, a, you know, a lot is on Luka's plate right now, but uh, they're still they're way better whenever JJ's on the floor, and that's mm -hmm. to be expected. I think uh, this is something that, skin you and I have talked about before. You know, Dennis and Luka are doing really impressive things, Luka especially, but they're kind of cheating right now, the Mavs. They're kind of cheating the timeline by surrounding those two guys with veterans. Guys like Barnes, Matthews, DeAndre, JJ, Devin Harris, Dirk, of course. Guys that can sort of plug the holes created by having your two ball handlers be kids. And uh, so what, what is this team really? I have no idea, but right now they're good enough because Luka's good enough and the vets are relatively consistent enough, at least offensively, uh, to lift them up against good teams at home. Well, that's, so that's, that's kind of like a, a huge win. Well, that's the parallel to Denver that, that skin made, right? Okay, if Jokic is their Doncic and, you know, Jamal Murray is their Dennis Smith Jr., um, they've had one more year to build the thing around, to figure out exactly what works around Jokic, right? Um, and, you know, they're probably an exception because, you know, they've got a couple max contract guys. they got Gary Harris. they got Will Barton on their, on their roster. Yeah, Millsap whenever he's uh, actually playing. But I look at Denver, and I'm like, that's the mold we need to use, right? You need, you need headstrong, defensive guys, veterans around Luka. Um, and you see what a deep team with a guy. Now Jokic is on his you know, super max, but when they built that team together, the contracts that were put in place were around his rookie deal. Mm -hmm. And that's why their, their contracts are so inflated right now, because they added guys on top of that rookie deal. And you can look at any sport, okay? An MVP caliber player on a rookie deal is the most valuable for thing sure. yeah. in that sport. Right. And so Denver was looking into the mirror for me. It was exactly like that. I'm like, okay, you figured out your star. You figured out you had – so Jokic's third year? Right, 23. Third year? I think 2015 this is, was his fourth year. Yeah, fourth year. Okay, so start his first year. Yeah. So third year of real playing time, right? Yeah. And you look at, okay, he gets on the court. He proves himself. Then you figure out, okay, what fits around him. You figure out he needs to touch the ball every single possession. And that, the other night it was like, okay, he's going to spot up at the top of the three-point line. He's going to make a great decision. He's going to cut your throat. And it took them four years. And I feel like about game 60 this season, we're going to know how to build around him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see all that. I, I, I really think Denver's – Denver got slowed down by Paul Millsap just missing 60 games or whatever. I think if he plays, you know, half the season, and it's the second half of the season, I think Denver's like a five or four seed last year, and everybody's thinking about them a little bit differently. The they fact finished that, ninth 
Yeah, yeah they yeah, lost yeah, on the final game. night of the 47 year. 47 games missed the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Them in, remember them in Minnesota yeah, played yeah. on the final night of the year and it went in overtime, one team's in, one team's out. But they're obviously an excellent team, uh, and they're a deep team, to your point. I, I think the thing that I was sitting here thinking about is, you know, Bobby was kind of breaking this down about what's around Luke and Dennis is usually if you have a team of veterans, right? The Mavericks are a team of veterans. Uh, you know, I'm not talking about, obviously I'm talking about Dorian, Dennis, or Luca, but Wes has been here, Harrison's been around, DeAndre's been around, Dirk, JJ, Devin, blah, 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 right? And if you have veterans and you sprinkle in young players, usually the young players are playing off the veterans. That's not what's happening here. With our starting lineup, everything goes through Dennis or Luca first. I mean, Harrison's leading scorer the last two years and he's waiting for his turn, basically. And so that's pretty unique. And I think like all those stories about how everybody instantly knew Luca was their best player the first day of pickup. That's just a unique situation. Vets usually don't give it up like that. And the fact that they're willing to let, hey, Luca, go win the game for us, that really bodes well not only for our future, but for like what the Mavs are going to eventually do once they do start managing this cap space, right? They're not going to bring DeAndre and Wesley back at the same numbers. I think they'd like to have those guys back, but we're not bringing those guys back for 20 a year probably. Uh, and I don't think teams are going to rush out to pay them 20. So I think they're going to be back. And then, you know, Harrison will probably opt in. We'll see. But I think there's going to be space. And I think what will be interesting is what other players, specifically veterans, want to come play with this. To your point about, like, what Denver's doing, hey, this is what we have. What can we put around it? I think the Mavericks believe – Luca's going to give them the leg up in free agency that they've really never had. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a little bit concerning because they really only have three players that are certainly for sure under fully guaranteed non-option contracts next year. So I find myself thinking about that a lot. Uh, perhaps Harrison will be back. I could see Powell opting out for sure. And I know they'd love to have him back. But I think what they've done, the model is interesting because a lot of teams, whenever they, they, they want to draft – four or five guys who might be their best player on a championship team. And the Mavericks kind of got it the second time. Yeah. They got uh, lucky, dude. They got super lucky. So whenever people were upset about bringing DeAndre in, even for one year, Mike and I talked about this a lot. My thought was, I don't even really care if he's here next year. I'd like to have him here next year. But I don't even really care what the number is for this year. There's no way that you're considering Luka as strong of a rookie of the year candidate if they're not playing a DeAndre caliber player with him in the starting lineup. If they were rolling out this year's version of Zaza or D'Alembert, no disrespect to those guys, but that's to me, that's the value of, of the veteran is a lot of these other teams, you look at Philly over the years, and they just put nothing with these guys. They learn bad habits. Yep. They learn losing habits, which I do still think matters. It does, absolutely. Uh, and they have no real structure. And the other thing is, that Denver doesn't necessarily have to deal with is the Mavs weren't bad for very long. Denver doesn't necessarily have the same, you know, recent history and pedigree and expectation among their fan base to where they could kind of, you know, same thing with Philadelphia. You know, they, what, they went to the playoffs a few years, 15 years ago. But, you know, I think the, the Mavericks got lucky, but I also think they did themselves some favors by not trading Wesley Matthews, by right. signing DeAndre Jordan, uh, by bringing, by certainly wanting J.J. here. Uh, I just think that makes it a lot easier for a guy like Luca, as special as he is, to come along. And you can't convince me that if they were running out of bare-bones roster to try to get another top-five pick, that you would regard him as highly as you do now. You just, to me, you, you can't squint and even see that, really. Yeah, well, look at Phoenix. Like, Devin yeah, Booker. Devin example. Booker is amazing, right? We think. Right. I don't know. I mean, he's... What do you guys know about Carl Anthony Towns? Yeah, exactly. People with sour You've heard, you heard a lot of bad things about him, actually. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you're go, you go, wow, prodigious talent, number one pick. I don't know if he's – when we start throwing around intangible crap, I don't know yeah. if he's that or not. It but, took I mean, him, like, have... one year to go from guy you would start uh, a franchise with to not even being in the top ten. Right. <laughs> like right. on most of those yeah. lists. You would, is... take, you would take Jokic <laughs> over Carl Anthony Towns in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. No. I would have done that last year, though, too. I mean – Jokic is amazing. But but Carl Anthony Towns two years ago won the GM survey. Right, exactly. That's what I'm thinking of, the yeah. Schumann thing. Guys who do it for a living, and there's only 30 of them. He won the GM survey two years ago. And then yep. just fell out. <laughs> and now it's, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, when I was on the radio yesterday, Saroy Saroy actually, uh, wow. well, you posted 37 hours every day, so I think I think the uh, the, fr the franchise plan for the ticket over uh, Dry Dock is just uh, try and get Jake to jump off the top of the building, <laughs> which is uh, interesting, but I'm here for it because you're a really good broadcaster. 
But uh, when I was on there, Saroy basically asked me, okay, who's underperformed this year? And it's a roundabout way of saying Luca lifts the tide, right? He is the rising tide. He's the guy that raises everybody else's level. It oh. takes their uh, playmaking. Sorry, off, off Dude, the you, were, table. you were hosting and engineering. Yeah, I'm incredible. He's a multitasker. That, uh, yeah, so. Thank you. Yeah. You got keep, it? Okay. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. Right, we'll so, edit this out later. So uh, when you take that extra just anxiety of bringing the ball up and going, okay, Harrison Barnes, you got to create a play on this possession. Um, when you take that off the list of to-dos on a half-court set and you know no matter what, okay, worst-case scenario, I'm going to kick it out to this uh, 6'8 super freak human that's going to shoot a step back that's going in somehow like 35% of the time now. It takes so much off your plate, and that lets everybody else play faster, play harder. It turns Harrison Barnes into a dude that literally, okay, I catch the ball, I shoot it, or I duck my head, and I'm at the rim. And same thing for Dennis. Whenever Dennis was on the courts, he was finding his way. And that's what bums me out about his wrist injury so much right now is he had found in a really short amount of time a really nice role next to Luca. This is why I'm not down. I understand why fans have the opinions that they have, uh, and I think it's fine. Uh, But if you have a little proximity to what's going on, it, it changes the way you feel about things. And so I can understand in a vacuum someone going, well, Dennis Smith Jr. is not ideal to play along Luca," And I'm like, well, wh- why? What are you basing that on? And if Dennis Smith Jr. was like, bro, this is how I play. This is how I've always played. This is how I'm going to play. That's one thing. But if you're a guy who has the ability and the talents he has, and he's like, oh, I want to play with this guy. What do I have to do to change my game to accommodate that? And the 21-year-old with the 4,000-inch vertical leap wants to do that, and that's what you want to trade? Like, think about Buddy Heald coming in here the other day. He just turned 25, right? How old is Buddy Heald? Yeah, he was a four-year college player. But my whole point is that two years ago, there were people that called him trash. Yeah. So Dennis is 21 and actively engaging and changing how he plays to fit what the team wants and to go alongside this prodigious 19-year-old. Why do you want to trade that? Yeah. I don't understand that logic. Yeah. Luca's just like his presence just simplifies everything for everybody. And so Barnes the other night in, De- in uh, Denver, what, 30 points, and he took maybe 15 dribbles? Yeah. I mean, if you can score 30 points and not even sweat, then, like, you're going to love to play with that guy. And so I see that with Dennis, too. Dennis plays, what, 15 games with Luca, and he's shooting almost 40% from three. Right. I mean, how can you not like it? Like, the results are so good. So, yeah, the process is working, and players notice that, too. I mean, you know, it's Dennis can put up the same per-game numbers and try way less, you know, <laughs> just work, have to work way less hard for all, and his, he sees all his touches, all his baskets. I can't tell you how many people after the Jalen Brunson starting against the Rockets in the AAC, I can't tell you how many people are like, you can trade Dennis now, we got Jalen. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you realize that same team that with Dennis, they just beat him by 30 in their building a week ago. Did you forget that? Like, did you forget that that happened? And that game, Dennis wasn't even shooting. No. So he had the risk going on. So I just, I don't, I don't get the rush to blow up a bunch of 20-year-olds right now. I don't, I don't get it. it I'm, just, a, I'm a huge fan of being, a, of, of being a supporter of a winning team, but it also breeds a certain in a, uh, lack of appreciation for the process and how hard this really is and how it takes a long time. And I I. As much as I love Luca, like I look at Dennis and I'm like, man, I bet he's like, you really you got this guy in here? Like I was doing, I was probably going to have a normal linear trajectory of development, and now you all expect me to be this. This guy's played way more basketball than I have, and I just think we, we somewhat, we're spoiled, basically. Yes. We've been spoiled, and I think Dennis is sort of catching the backlash of that to a certain extent. Uh, I mean, and, I, and I told Mike, I think if they were flipped, yeah, uh, Dennis would have been way better off. Uh, oh, yeah, like perception-wise, yeah. Yeah, perception-wise, because it had been so long since we, the Mavericks had had a top-ten pick that whenever, you know, Dennis is the fifth point guard taken in his draft, people are like, well, franchise cornerstone. I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot of guys who were taken a lot higher than this much re- more recently who just didn't work out. So I don't know. I just I, – I sometimes feel for the dude. 
Uh, just what he's have, you know, what he's kind of having. He's being asked to change more than anybody. Well, and he's played maybe just about anybody in the league right now. If yes. you start thinking about it, and that's that's a tough that's a tough draw. He's, he's played what? Embracing it though. Yeah. yeah, that's my whole point of all of this. He's the, already changed his game. The guy who just turned 21. I mean, we're having this maturity conversation. He's doing everything they're asking to be a part of this, and people are making this assumption. And I'm just like, man, I don't get that. Yeah. I just don't connect yeah, with They it. brought in a shooting coach, and he basically rebuilt his jump shot in one summer. Yeah. And it was working. Yeah. <laughs> like, young guys don't shoot. If you come in the NBA at 19 years old and you don't have a jump shot, you're hoping to shoot by, like, 25. Yeah. And Dennis was hitting 40% in year two. I mean, right. that's, that's very rare. Not to say that it would have – you know, been sustainable over the course of 82 games or anything, but the immediate results were there. I can tell you he would have been just as open. Yeah. That part's not changing. Yeah, for sure. The Mavericks lead the league in unguarded percentage of their shots that are unguarded from the catch and shoot. That's not going to change. The only guy that takes going to be the case every year. Exactly, right. It's kind of ironic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Dennis, at this point in his career, if you count NC State for, what, 33 games – and you count when last his coach season. got fired. Yeah, and his coach got fired. So as a freshman, they're asking him questions about what and went on. And right. was not. He did not have a lot of help on that team. Either. And then ask him about how about he his, was literally playing one on five. How about his senior year in high school? Washout, ACL yeah. injury. Yeah. So if you take high level basketball, which I'm going to say is higher than high school basketball, 33 games at NC State, um, whatever it was, 75 last year, the 15 he's gotten this year. Okay, that's 110 professional high level games. Yep. Luca, he, Luca has like 200 to 300. Did you just make an Adidas joke? <laughs> what? <laughs> you just grouped in 35 minutes. Never mind. I don't know. Dennis got his money. He's good. Well, yeah. I mean, Luca should have been the number. <laughs> no. Luca should have been the number one you. pick. Dennis was the number nine pick. Yeah. The difference between the third pick and the 12th pick in the draft is really not that wide. Yeah. And Luca should have been number one. The difference between a superstar and everybody else is pretty significant so I think if Dennis tops out at 15 points and 45 40 80 splits that's a pretty nice career I don't know how much time we have uh, to spend on just Luca and Dennis um, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately watching the two of them and I think it's really interesting to have them both here I enjoy March Madness but if you told me that all of a sudden we replaced college basketball and we like nuked the AAU circuit into becoming a developmental model the same way that they have in European leagues where they sign kids when they're 13 or 14 and they play for junior teams that are heavily watched because it's basically their version of college basketball. I think the American young basketball player would be much better off. Yeah, I've thought about that. As far as like just being shuffled back and forth from this AAU team to this AAU team, this coach wants this shoe deal, this coach needs to try to get this on YouTube, Mm. now this college coach wants you – they also still need to keep their job. And then you show up at the league, and you've kind of been through five or six different systems, maybe even a year. Some of these kids play at four different high schools, whereas right. Luca moves to Madrid when he's 14, and they kind of have the model that they want him to become in mind the entire time. And, you know, that's why I think it's not totally fair to Dennis to look at his path and compare it to Luca's. I mean, we're, we're not really doing a great job of developing players here. No. Uh, is relative to their skill set anyways. Now, their bodies are in incredible shape. You know, they max out very early on that front. But skill set uh, and understanding and how it processed the game-wise, I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear that they could be better off. That's something I've been kicking around is if, okay, say you have a kid and at 13 years old, that kid is by far the best basketball player in the state, in the region, Pay perhaps. Him. Why wouldn't you move to Europe? Yeah, I mean. Move to Spain? And have they your kid play professional at 14. Is it the part of Europe where they speak our language? <laughs> there is certainly a different that's, – that's, that's an issue because over there you have so many more countries closer together that it's not that difficult for, to get from smaller market to bigger market. Over here you're talking about going overseas, which is a huge, huge jump as opposed to Slovenia to – I'm not saying those are close to one another, but you get what I'm saying. Right. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know if that will ever happen, but I, I would certainly love to see somebody try. Brandon I think Jennings I think it's gonna happen. Kinda did. Who? Well, he just skipped college, oh, yeah. though, right? Yeah, yeah he that's just right. Or he just jumped his senior year of high school and was like, "Bye." Jonah Bolden did that, but you you've talked about Luca being like uh, more in uh, as it relates to overseas players 
Luca's taken really high in the draft, and there, it's been a while since a European has been taken that high. I guess Porzingis counts, but otherwise, I mean, Jokic slid all the way to the second round, and he's a little doughy. Is Bargnani the last one that went that high? Yeah, probably, and that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago. So yeah. you, t- you talked about how, like, it represents pretty high stakes for those oh, guys. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm thinking is watching that – there was an article on The Ringer about Luca's mixtape and basically mm. Zion's mixtapes yeah. and how this is like the internet generation. And there's video of Luca at 12 playing in some tournament in Spain. And it looks like it looks like they're playing professional basketball and they're, they're 12. I mean, they're running like high pick and roll, swing it to the weak side, do some stuff over there. I mean, they're running like really advanced stuff at that age. Whereas if you go to an AAU game even at 15, it's basically here's the ball, yeah. let him do stuff or dump it down into the post. So man, I went to an eighth grade basketball game last week, and I almost had to get up and leave. Oh, was, they don't. Do, I was they such don't do an old man. man. They don't do any. It's all just like motion, little post up stuff. So if my Luca, wife goes, just shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I was like, but they're not learning anything. Spain, Spain. <laughs> if Luca comes in and Bogdanovich comes in from, uh, you know, he was Euroleague MVP or the top scorer a couple years ago, and Bielitsa is doing that too. Like, as more and more of these guys come over, ready to play at 19, 20 years old, even though Bielitsa and Bogdanovich are a little older. But if they're that good, that smart, that early in their career, I wonder if it will lead to that sort of developmental shift. You're already kind of seeing that a little bit. The G League is going to let high school seniors come in after they graduate. Yeah. I mean, they're behind, the right? Yeah, they, no, they, they're they way behind. To, they have to catch up. Yeah, they're and way behind. I think the, the point you were, uh, you were mentioning is that, okay, if the highest pedigree European player in the history – of the NBA draft, which is Luka Doncic. Borderline Hall of Fame career before he came here. <laughs> if he can't go number one, when's a Euro going to go number one again? Uh, yeah, he's the last surprise. Yeah. He's, there, will no, there will never be another surprise well, like him. And I'm not saying he was a surprise. He went third overall and the team traded another pick for him. But no one will sleep on a player like him ever again. Well, like, you know what's interesting about all it's that? It's going to sway that way and then sway back. Yeah, like that's what happens. Well, the thing that's so fascinating about that is that a front office that had Vlade and Peja pass. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. I, I wonder uh, how much their owner had to do with that, with like, hey, we've got to sell some tickets. This dude's an American superstar. Well, but, how much was it that uh, I, didn't want to, I don't, I don't want to play there? That I could mean, have been part of it too. That could have been could a part been. of it, but he would have he wouldn't have he would have gone. Yeah. Right. Like he's not gonna go back. He and Bogdanovich are boys. Yeah, yeah. that's true. And, and it's uh, now. Yeah. But but it's uh, there, I was talking to someone the other day that, you know, n- n- I thought knew basketball and he was like he was talking about where Same sick day. burn. <laughs> that was, really is. He was talking about where Luca would and wouldn't fit in. And I'm like, wouldn't fit in? And he started talking about, hey, he wouldn't have been a good fit in Phoenix. Devin Booker has to have the ball. I was like, what? I go, Devin Booker has the ball because they didn't have a point guard to get him the ball. Yeah. Devin Booker can play off the ball. You like turn Devin Booker you. into Clay Thompson. And all, yeah. it's, that's the exact name I used. I go, dude, you can do that. And Harvey's like, I don't know, man. I'm like, Luka can play with anybody because yeah. he knows how to play basketball. So, But I, I think I'm, the reason I'm bringing that up is that mentality of, what a guy is or what a guy isn't. I, I didn't dream in a million years Luca would be half this good this fast. I mean, I, didn't, I thought he'd be, all right, he's going to be a really good player. I mean, he's changed our franchise overnight. So right overnight. before the draft, or right after the draft maybe, uh, Ginobili retired. And we said, man, if Luca is as good as Ginobili, that would Home be run. amazing. Home run. But his numbers are already, like, way better than Ginobili has ever done. I know ever the, did. I know that's you guys, just counting sets. And, and I want to say this too. Ginobili gave up a lot to be a winner. Ginobili mm-hmm. could have gone somewhere and dropped 23 a night. Dude, he came off the bench in his prime because they needed another ball handler off the bench. Sure. He's the epitome of everything you'd want your franchise to be about. I know we're supposed to hate the Spurs. No, I, res- no. I respect the mess out of Manu Ginobili. I got immense respect for him. Um, like, where were I? But. But. I got sidetracked. Luke is way better than Ginobili. That's no, what you're about that, to say. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. The Tim McMahon article. Yeah. So when we were trying to do these Luca comps, and Hidu Turkaloo got thrown out for a good reason. And McMahon pointed out that Luca's numbers this year would be Turkaloo's best year ever. Yeah. And Turkaloo was the second best player on a team that went to the finals with Dwight Howard. And he was like 27. Yes. He, as a 19-year-old, he's already putting up those Turkaloo numbers. So there, the point is there really isn't a comp for this guy. This is the once every 12 to 13 years guy. He really is. The only proper comps are going to get you in trouble if you make them. You can say Larry Bird or Magic or whatever. That that is the 
class that he's in. At least statistically, it's him, LeBron. You talked about that just based it's on like wind shares. KD, Melo, LeBron. Yeah, I mean, at this age. And, uh, no, what was our man that we were talking Tyreek Evans. Jay Vincent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, dude, I want to do a Jay Vincent documentary. He was, 20, he was like 21 <laughs> whenever dude, this happened. Okay, like, that's true, he was, but yeah. still. His you guys know, were you guys know, why, you know why that happened? Because Mark Aguirre got hurt. Okay, so that's and I was so going through the yeah, lineup on my Those guys were virtually interchangeable. Jay Vincent was not. Jay Vincent was taller, but him and Mark Aguirre were shaped the same. Now Jay Vincent played on Magic Johnson's Michigan State team. Right. Oh, Jay wow, Vincent yeah. was a second round pick, actually. Yeah. What was his nickname? Uh, the Midnight, Mid Creeper. Midnight, Midnight Creeper. Midnight Creeper. Yeah. <laughs> hey, dude. The basketball reference nickname, anyways. So, which is a that's weird. So at one point, itself. Jay Vincent had some problems after. Oh yeah, one. no. But I, yeah. he also ran a business that he had a van that delivered records. That's, that's incredible. Awesome. Isn't that incredible? Maybe wow. that's the Midnight Creeper thing. Like, yeah. yeah. He would uh, deliver to your party at, at midnight. It's still, think of a better name. Old. Think of a better name. Shout yeah. out to the 81 Mavs. Yeah. Shout yeah. Out he, like, he was like 20 and 10. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, why don't I know more about this? Yeah, you know? no. And he only, I mean, he was here for about four or five years. Yeah. I and mean, then they, he like kind of washed out after that. He washed out pretty. But he also, he so different era, but he had a body like Cookie Monster. Yeah. I mean, he was down to grub. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. So you're going to be eating. You're hoping more for the Carmelo LeBron than the Midnight Yeah, career. KD. I'll take the KD <laughs> career. Right. And leave one off thing, the one thing that you did not bring up whenever you're talking about that is BPM, so box plus minus. Yeah. It's basically VORP and wind shares kind of, they're kind of differently calculated. But uh, if you're positive in one of those, you're usually really good as a rookie. So like to localize it, I guess, Bamba. Uh, significant positive defensively, significant negative, like worst in the league negative in offensive BPM. Yeah. He's like the team is that bad offensively whenever he's on the floor, and that's not no knock against him. It's just he's a kid. Most rookies are negative in both, if not at least one. Towns positive offensively, huge negative defensively. Luca is positive in both. And if uh, I could pull up the internet, I would pull up the list. But uh, basically, rookies qualified by minutes, positive in both, is uh oh. It's pretty. Doesn't it's pretty, happen. It's pretty uh -oh. high tier. Yeah. Uh, pretty yeah. high tier. You know the reason. And Luca's not even. I love even how we're all afraid to say it. I'm not afraid to say it. It's basically like guys no that win MVPs. No, no, no. You know why we don't want to say it? We don't want to say it because like with the dirt bird thing. How dare you say that and all this stuff? You, they, they, they always talk about putting the pressure on the kid. <laughs> don't put the pressure. You think Luca feels yeah. this pressure? Like, who, whose feelings are you hurting if you say, hey, I expect this guy to be Larry Bird? Rick. Luke is, Luke, Rick and whatever. That, well, that's the, that's but the only I know, answer, but yeah. Luke is like, I got this, Rick. <laughs> Bring on the Larry Bird comparison. Yeah. I'm good with it. Oh, and by the way, Bird came into the league at what, 24, 25? I mean, you guys know Bird was drafted and went back to Indiana State. Yeah. So it's like, this is a 19-year-old, and he believes. he. And here's the other thing. His teammates want him to take over the game and win the game. What does that say? Why are we scared to say these things? He ain't scared of it. He's. It's a shame that Lance Stevenson is born ready because that guy is born ready. <laughs> That's truly Lance what that will be guy. gone soon enough. Yeah, <laughs> we can get that back. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I find myself also thinking a lot about uh, just because Bad Radio had Dirk on every year for forever, for like a, an hour at a time, and you can just really go back and get a window into how much he changed over time and how much his personality developed and how much more of a comfortable he was in his own skin. I find myself thinking a lot about what 25 or 26-year-old Luca is going to be like. Like if he'll be as reserved, I think you're, Absolutely as, you're, as your English gets a little more, you're a little more comfortable with that. You're a little more uh, okay being expressive as you're, you know, I don't know, in your third All-Star game and you're around other players your age that respect you. You behave differently, but I don't know. It's just it's a weird you almost uh, like I don't have children yet, but you almost you hear about parents who say really cherish the cherish those first few years when they don't like talk back to you <laughs> because I wonder what it's going to be like whenever he's like, dude, I'm the best player in the league, right? Uh, and you know I think people already panic about like, oh, what if you'll want to leave? Well, in the NBA, you can keep your your player for nine years. Yeah, you got you nine. Uh, and so I, I do wonder and think a lot about what is how because I'm not around the guy as much as you guys are. I don't know what his personality could eventually become. And if you'll ever be a vocal type guy uh, in the room or uh, how that all projects out. The I only just think thing he, I, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Just real quick, the only thing that I hope never changes is his website. Otherwise, <laughs> he, can become the, he can become whoever he wants to be, but just 
Do not mess with Luka Doncic. Yeah, I hope he doesn't yeah. find like Wix.com somehow because <laughs> right now it's just go get a calendar, right? Yeah, yeah. it's it's on yeah. uh, on sale right now, thirty five yeah. bucks for the, just in time for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, thirty five dollars and watch the video. Watch the video. Don't it's, read uh, the video transcription, which is right next to the video. Just yeah. watch the video. Did somebody from here make this, or nope. did somebody from over there make Absolutely it? Absolutely no. Yep. Someone from Slovenia made it. Yeah, I think it I'm led like to his, believe his mom. It was not somebody from here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mike his, doesn't want that on his. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just led to believe it wasn't somebody from here. That, I'll uh, happily redesign it for him, but I like it the way it is. Yeah. Just the way it is. Perfect. Favorite subject? Mats. That's how he says mathematics. <laughs> just mats. He loves oh, adrenaline like, parks. Like yoga. Know, or like, floor, no. like no, wel- no, no. welcome mats. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> oh, mats. Yeah. And, uh, and he hated chemistry. Yeah, chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he a mad a, scientist. He's already a legend. Yeah. So uh, I guess we're here for a pregame show for the uh, Mavs-Clippers matchup. At Christie's Loosely. Sports Bar in Uptown, this is all brought to you by Coors Light. It Michael, is. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so we're going to get a Clippers-Mavs game here in about 30 minutes. And uh, so I figure we should touch a little bit on state of, the, state of the team right now. Well, everybody's sick on internet. as the entire city of Dallas is sick. I'm sorry if y'all are dealing with any of it's this. And you talk to them. You've been sick for like two months. I've been pounding Mucinex and uh, cold meds for about a month now. So if everybody else is feeling it. That might mean it's not working. DeAndre's feeling <laughs> it. <laughs> You're uh, taking the wrong thing. Brokov missed practice, which is just, I can't live without a Brokov game. But, uh, yeah, so questionable tonight for DeAndre Brokov. And there's one more person that missed practice. I can't remember. Uh, Mejri. Medry Salah. One Maxi's been questionable. Yeah. Tennis probably out for at least till Christmas. Man. Yeah. That bums me out. So uh, we need to get one of these, man. This is a really tough road trip. Um, obviously, you saw the other night uh, in Denver playing the Western Conference leading Denver Nuggets, and they just kind of drug us out to the deep end, and we're like, all right, here we go. Go to sleep. And now we get uh, the Clippers, who were leading the Western Conference the last time we played them. Yeah. Uh, and then you get Golden State and then Portland on a back-to-back. So we need to sneak a win out of this road trip. This is the one that seems the most likely. Yeah, we, we match up well with the Clippers for some reason. Unless, Unless you sit Saturday night. Yeah. And you, you could do that. that. You could do that. Although I've, I've said that for about a month. I'm like, just go ahead and yeah. sit that game. I mean, no. Let, let Luka go drop 30 well, on Luka can play. Yeah, yeah. Not, maybe not him, but yeah. if we're talking Dirk and anybody else that might be questionable. Yep. Is uh, is Sweet Lou back tonight for the Clippers? Is he out for a while? He's questionable. Okay. Yeah. So this I would be his first game back if he is back. Yeah, I need him to keep that questionable. <laughs> I'm bummed no Dennis because we don't get Dennis v. Pat Bev round two. I wanted the rematch. I really yeah. wanted the rematch. But they yeah. do come to Dallas, I think, in like two weeks. Uh, yeah, that's right. So that's right. Maybe and then we go back in February. Back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we got plenty of Clippers time left, and yeah. uh, Pat Bev versus, versus Dennis's tooth uh, is falsely <laughs> his fakey he's got now, right, right up front. Right. If the Mavs are going to win one, this is the one. The Clippers have lost four in a row. They are down to sixth or seventh. There, I think they're only half a game better than the Mavs in the standings now. Um, this is the one you got to win. This is the one. Tobias Harris is still really good. Danilo Gallinari is still really good. Montrez Harrell is still probably going to have 15 and 13 and 22 minutes tonight. One of the best stinking contracts in the NBA right yeah, now. Yeah, per minute, that guy is a monster. Yeah. Uh, but all that said, position by position, it's still like I'm taking the Mavs over their equivalent starter mm-hmm. almost at every spot, which is – Something that I would not have said a year ago, probably against almost any opponent, but I feel like we're a good matchup. Change quick, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the last time they played, obviously you remember the Dennis block and the knocked out tooth and everything, but and they they really didn't have an answer for Barnes for a lot of that game. And uh, you know, it's almost like Spider Man meme, like y'all are a really deep team with a power forward that can score thirty a night. Yeah. Oh, it's you. And uh, it's it's going to be an awesome game, and this is the one you got to steal, man. It might be based on the tooth being knocked out and a ball being thrown at uh, Don Nobler, but I would love to see these two teams play in a playoff series. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that vibe around that last time, just because you can tell the Clippers are trying to, like, cultivate this Grizzly-esque vibe about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, two really young teams that both look like they're going to be good for a while. I don't even – I don't so much care if the Mavericks get into the playoffs because I don't think they – you know, I don't think they're contenders or anything like that. But I would love to see how their Swiss Army knife in a postseason could trouble a better team. 
Uh, being 12 deep with the head coach they have, mm -hmm. you do not want that seven times in a two-week span. No. And, and so, like, I don't, I don't think they probably would make much noise, but I'd love to see them give it a run just because of how many fits they could cause teams that have way more star power than they do. There's a lot uh, of teams the in the West. The Clippers don't fit that yeah. mold necessarily, but it would be a fun series. There's sure. a lot of teams in the West that are uh, overachieving or whatever you want to consider it early in the season that – I'm if worried, you got in a playoff, the Rockets are back. Yeah, maybe. If you got in a playoff series with them, like they just don't have answers for JJ. Right. Yeah. They don't have answers. Oh, we've seen that a hundred times. Yeah, they so. don't have answers. Their third best defender on Barnes is not a matchup. Well, they yeah, like. I mean, how many teams have a guy that can defend Doncic? How many teams have a guy that can defend Barnes? How many teams have guys that can defend both? Yeah. I mean, maybe two or three. Yeah. You can you can gain little advantages and. Uh, it, it's it's weird throughout the early part of the season because a lot of the teams that were real high, like last time we played the Clippers, I was like, these deep teams are just playing really stinking good veteran basketball and rolling out nine guys on your ass every night. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, okay, they beat us. They beat us tonight. And the Clippers got to the head of the Western Conference doing that. And Denver is probably the elite of the elite of that caliber of team. Right. And everybody's looking around going, okay, when's Houston going to kick it in? And when's Golden State? Whenever Boogie gets back, is Golden State going to win 20 in a row? Right. But you gotta, you got to have some positive, right? you gotta have some, You got to have that month of the season where you look back and go, we're a good team because of this 16 games we just played. And it's not just depth. It's not just, you know, it's not smoke and mirrors. It's uh, we've got really talented dudes one through nine, and all of them bring something to the table. Dorian Finney-Smith is bringing something. Maxie's bringing something. Dwight Powell, uh, you know, on most nights is a plus across the board. So it's, it's interesting in the West to see the teams that haven't put the pedal down yet and the teams that were leading the West and led the West enough to where they're like, you know what? I'm here. We're here. We're making the playoffs. Like Denver's like, you know what? If we don't host a playoff series, we're disappointed right now. Yeah. yeah. So I, it's, been, it's been awesome through 30 games. I think it's pretty incredible that they crawled out of two and seven the way they did. Yeah. I mean, that's, that says a lot in this conference already. Now, obviously, you got to keep playing the same caliber you got to play, but two and seven felt really heavy. Yeah, I thought it felt really heavy because it is not what I expected. After the at previous all. two years, bleak, man. it it didn't feel great, man. I wasn't no. freaking out too bad because it seemed like it was so heavily based around teams shooting forty-seven percent from three, and some of that is your own doing. If you're not, if Barnes was out, so you're listening. Whatever you think of his defense at this point, you're missing some perimeter defense, but you know you're not going to give up forty-seven percent. On above the break three, he's <laughs> like, yeah. oh I, yeah, it's just not. I agree with that, but I didn't. The caliber of defense they've played really since the Nick game, I didn't know they had it in them. No, I didn't either. I didn't either. But some regression plus some surprise, and you all of a sudden have won, you know, seven out of nine. But dude, if they're five hundred in a month, you got to call that a win because yeah. up until you know the middle of January, it is rough. Yep. Yeah. Next, next and ten. It's or... not just rough on the road. It's yeah. rough. Next ten, you got you got to, you got to steal a couple, right? You got to be one of those teams that's an annoyance that steals a couple of the. You got to steal the home Pelicans game. I would just I just want to split those four. <sighs> I hate playing the Pelicans. The Pelicans. <laughs> at this point, man. They are the Pelicans. The They're a bad matchup. You're just us. a team that There's plays no two big rebounding yeah. like forwards. Is just, just scoring like, SOBs. Yeah. We didn't prepare for this. There's yeah. only four of you. Man. But then another side, like we do that to OKC. You know, that's you true. drive them crazy. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's it's funny when you go into the in the DNA of the of your top nine how they match up against each other and just sometimes you just don't have an answer right on both sides of it and when Julius Randle comes in here or we go visit them I'm just like he eats man are you what guys do you positive want me to do? the Mavericks won't kick the tires on that if he opts out after this year I'm not positive on anything Dude, yeah. it's hard to even imagine what the league is going to look like in a year Everything it really is so much this one and two year contract thing makes this a very frustrating projection i think that's kind of the future yeah i know it yeah. just used to be so much easier to kind of look ahead and say okay this is what they have for now and now it's like well every team has four players next year yeah and you just kind of have to go back into this you know the, the puzzle pieces are thrown on the ground and everybody's scrambling yeah i, I have mean, no idea what the mavs will look like next year and i don't care because they have the best player on a title team <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah we i mean we've done that experiment almost every day oh like, yeah we'll walk into the office me and bobby or i'll text you and i'm like Okay, so you can look at the cap sheet and realize that Wesley Matthews' contract ends. And you can look at the cap sheet and realize DeAndre Jordan's contract ends. And you can go, 
Okay, well, if we're not bringing those guys back, or if you decide to, what's what's the best way to use the cap space and the two and the five position, right? You could just pay Luca more. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Can we do a voluntary raise, yeah. like 200% raise automatically? Looking. But it, but you look at it, and you can text groups of players back and forth, and, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's great, but what's happened to this first 10 here? Are we doing a one-year yeah. deal? It's just impossible to start adding together. Like, I noticed people that I had never noticed before were free this offseason, like, Boyan Bogdanovich is free. Yeah. And the dude is shooting 50% from three-point range right now, and he's a hell of a player. And I'm like, how do we uh, fool the league into thinking he's bad and get him out of Dallas, in a Dallas Mavericks jersey? You know, we're doing that kind of stuff on a day-to-day. And that's what's awesome about it is because every player you're going to sign is of consequence at this point. Yeah. It's making you taking the, uh, a 10, 9, 8 seed into the playoffs. And you're about to make decisions – that are going to cement your future and the next four to five years of Luka Doncic. And that's so exciting. It feels like the first time Dirk won a playoff series, you know, building towards that moment. Mm -hmm. We're here. We're we're there again. And it's awesome to be, you know, just a Mavs fan right now, man. Luka good. Luka good. Took two years. You've talked about that. Yeah. and how quick this is. Yeah. And when we had Orlando in here the other night, I'm looking out on the floor and I'm going, God, how many years in a row have they been in the in the lottery? Yeah. I, I bought that snake oil on them <laughs> probably three separate times. Got a couple throwbacks. So and, and, and what is their franchise-changing player? Like, I they mean, ostensibly won the Howard trade. Yeah. Just based on the picks they got and then right. what those guys turned into and still have nothing to show for it. It's just the thing is, is you have to get a guy that changes your franchise. Yeah. You have to. And – you can't pay enough. You can't pay enough. You can give up what people perceived as two back-to-back lottery picks to go up two spots to get the guy. And it was more than worth it, and you would do it a million times out of a million. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, you can list seven dudes in the league that actually can put you into a conference finals. Yep. And if you're not you, – okay, for us, it hasn't been kind in signing those dudes over the years. Uh, so I will if say you, this. If you, if you pinpoint one – Go get him. I yep. think we're really missing out on what would have been a pretty furious uh, debate over Bowl Bowl. <laughs> oh, my God. I could have seen that have been a very de- – that would have been very divisive. It was so, <laughs> so before – right whenever we got here, they were, they were playing the Tech-Duke game. Yeah. And I'm thinking, man, like, if this was a year ago today, I you would, would have been locked intensely in. watching no podcast no, yeah. tonight. every yeah. single yeah. bounce that R.J. Barrett was I'm taking, taking notes. I mean, I'm so before, you're still taking Barrett ahead of Zion? Even though he projects I, I, out as the greatest college basketball player of the last 15 years. I honestly haven't watched enough because I'm like, you know what, our pick's going to be so late. We're not going to keep it. It doesn't right. matter. Like, I'm not even invested I'm, in drafts I'm not so right sure now. I don't take him first. He's way better than I thought he was. Yeah, and I just – I'm not – I don't know that I want to take a guy who can't shoot at all. Can uh, he not? Zion, I mean. Can he not? You think he can? <laughs> I think I he know. can. Man, I saw, yeah. in high school it seemed like he could do it a little more. My only interest in college basketball at this point – is I want to have some familiarity with whoever the Hawks end up with at 16. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 16, I like it. Just so that I can yeah. look at them and say, did you really think that you wanted? Yeah. I told him the other day it would be Jonte uh, Porter. Michael, like Michael Porter. Not, which one's his brother? Jonte. Jonte's yeah. Porter. Yeah. yeah, like I'm like, all right, if you think you want that in Trey Young, then yeah, well, that's the, fine. The Rondo, so trade, trade. the Rondo trade turned into Gershon. The, the that, yeah, Gershon Yabuselli, who's now just kind of Ninja Turtle. Just kind of coming off the bench every few games. But he does Boston. have a sweet uh, Demolition Man die job now. He's got on a top. cool nickname. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 <laughs> yeah. he's marketable. I think he goes. He could play like left the, guard for the Cowboys the, yeah. in filling situations. <laughs> Loosest definition of marketable. <laughs> <laughs> marketable to who? Nickname exactly. and haircut, man. That's all you need. Yeah. But I mean, market is that. That is kind of the. Uh, and no offense, there have been some great players taking 16th overall or 12th overall, but that's it's a gamble you got to make. The caliber yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, would you rather have Trey Young and that guy, or would you rather have Luke? Yep. All right. Think well, it over. Uh, we'll give I'm you a <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm about out of material, so I'm going to get out of here and have some more Coors Light beer. Any party shots? Any, any last takes for anyone that anyone wants to get off? I'll, 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 sum, I'll summarize my entire thinking of what's going to happen. Because, okay, you're, you and I constantly are looking four or five games down the road. Like, I'm, I'm already thinking past the road trip. I'm like – Okay, the back-to-back with New Orleans, the back-to-back with OKC, how do we split those? I'm going to tell everybody things might get weird over the next 10 games. Yeah, it's okay. It's a really, really difficult schedule. But you have to remember the goodwill 
and the positive basketball that we've played over the last month. Because that's good enough to make that's, that team, when everybody's healthy, when Dennis is here, when JJ's there, when Maxie's playing, that's a playoff caliber basketball team. Mm-hmm. So just remember what you saw. Don't let your eyes betray you whenever somebody's sitting and, you know, we You're going to wake a, up one day and see a 12 next to their name and freak out, and they're yes. going to be four games back from the four seeds. Right. right. You know, and yeah, they're at 10 right now, aren't they? Just, yeah, like, just think about what's about going on in the West and that Utah's had a hellacious schedule, and they're out of the playoffs right now. Houston, the same. So we're not impervious to, you know, uh, schedule hell. And that's about to hit. And each game that they steal over the next 10 is a gift. you got to hover around 500. you got to start another one of those months like we had in November. And then let's see what we're doing the last month of the season. Let's push for the playoffs. Let's Me- get everybody healthy. Make it meaningful is all exactly. I Exactly. Have- can't wait till the final game of the year when we knock the Spurs out of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and lock up the number five seed. Yeah, yeah. in San Antonio. That's going to be perfect. So that's, that's my overarching thought. And that push I the keep- Hawks out of the lottery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I keep trying to tell people, I'm like, it might get weird over the next ten games, but you have to remember the goodwill we built up and the good basketball we played for almost six weeks. Yep. So thank yeah. you to Coors Light. Yeah, thank you Coors Light. Thank you Christie's. Thank, thank you, you to, the uh, moon, to the moon. Thank you Spencer. Thank you uh, the baby boy mowers. Gabus. Yeah, Marshall is, Marshall's pulled ahead, twenty-eight thirteen in the third quarter. Yeah, so. that's what we do at Marshall. We win. The yeah. herd. Yep. So oh go. yeah, yeah. You're Mike because you're Marshall. Yeah. Oh god. Wow. So, thank you Jake. Wow. Hey, for Thanks being for here. Me. Good times. Hey, skin. Bobby, thank you for doing thank your you, job. Bob. You're the man. Oh, Skin, Michael, thank, thank you for you. showing up and entertaining everybody. I see the star you, of the show. I see you guys. Thank you all for showing up. Hey, Christy's in a great spot. Yeah. Oh, nice. Hell of a time. Go Mavs, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold them up. Get the German threes up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Love you all. Thanks. Hallelujah.